Hello, hello, welcome back to The Goal Line. I'm your host, Brendan Brown. Thank you for tuning in to this episode four, episode number one of this. We're going to be going into the week four analysis and the play-by-plays, basically, of how this week went out. It was a great week in football. A lot of good classic games. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed your Sunday. We are back here today. I am posting this a day late. I do apologize for that. But anyway... Hey, it is how it is, right? We're going to be getting into the top five report performances of this week. We're also going to be getting into the bad five performances. We're also going to be getting into a couple stories. The ups, the up teams of this week, I'm bringing that back. And I'm also bringing back the down five of this week. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, if you guys are liking this podcast, please continue to show the love. I need all the support I can get. Definitely go go uh subscribe to this applause this if you like these episodes show your friends show your family show whatever it is also while you're at it go follow twitter uh at the goal line one i've been tweeting a lot recently so uh definitely go continue um to show some love on that that also shows um when everything's uploaded where to get it and stuff like that where to share it uh so definitely go check that out but without further ado let us get into this week's Analysis and let's get in. Let's start it off right here with the top five performances of this week. Here we go. Number five here, Pat Mayholmes, 304 yards, one rushing touchdown, one tu- one passing touchdown, no interceptions in Denver, in Mile High against a good Bronco team. They also got the win. Pat Mayholmes has led this team to four and zero, and I'm also gonna say this. He led them to 4-0 without a defense. It is just straight offense. We've seen this a lot recently. Defenses are a little slow right now. Uh, but the Chiefs, without a doubt, are the worst defense in this league. They're letting up way too many yards and way too many points. But, hey, if you got a high-powered offense like this, it works out. And the Saints have done it for a long time, so it can only continue. It can only help you out a little bit. But you got to have the offense. And Pat Mahomes has definitely shown this. This is... Four weeks in a row, Pat Mahomes has been on the top five. Four weeks in a row. I haven't taken this guy off. Now, yet he is on the top. He's on the top part of this list. But still, really, really impressed by him. I really, really like this guy. He's a superstar, without a doubt. This this weekend was his welcome to the NFL moment. Um, yeah, everything he did was great. Everything he has done is great. So I just, I just love it. There's nothing more to say. There's nothing more to say. Anyway, here, number four here. Let's get, without further ado, let's get into the next one. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. That is right. 152 rushing yards. 6.1 average yards per rush. 25 attempts. 152 yards. Also in the passing game. Four receptions. 88 yards. And a touchdown. Pretty darn good for Ezekiel Elliott, right? In my opinion, top three running back in this league. Without a doubt. He is number three, but... That's what you expect from number three here. Number three in this top five, Andrew, Mr. Luck. That's right. They didn't win, unfortunately, but Andrew Luck threw for 464 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions against these Texans defense. I liked it. It was good. Andrew Luck looks normal again. And it, you know what the thing that I love? He's still not 100%, and he's putting up almost 500 passing yards. It's insane. I love it. And this Thursday is going to be an interesting game, but definitely, I think the Pats do win that. Um, 
Pats always have their number, but Andrew Luck's going to have another good game. I love having him back in the NFL. I love this guy. This guy is great for television. This guy is great for everything. Love Andrew Luck. Next here, number two, Jared Goff. Now, he should be number one. I will say he should be number one, but at the same time, the number one, I just I can't deny the number one. But anyway, Jared Goff here, 465 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions against the second best defense in the league that's crazy that is absolutely crazy an offensive shootout against a defensive team and they won he put up close to 500 passing yards it's crazy without a doubt it is crazy number one for this week the final of this week Alvin Kamara I picked Alvin Kamara over Jared Goff because lately the Saints don't have a defense. Let's be real. The Saints don't have a defense at all. But the thing is, the Saints do have an offense. Now, the thing is, when you're having these offensive shootout games, you have to have big playmakers. Now, they had Michael Thomas. He didn't do that well this week. They have the receiving core, the rest of the receiving core, Ted Ginn, all of them. But they have these running backs, and these running backs have been the backbone to Drew Brees over the past couple years over the past year and they are just doing everything rushing passing everything Mark Ingram comes back everything but Alvin Kamara has been the soul of this Saints team besides Drew Brees he's been the soul of it and you just can't deny it listen to this listen to these stats 19 attempts 152 yards three rushing touchdowns Five receptions for 47 yards. That is crazy. That's crazy against the Giants defense in MetLife. That's crazy. 100% crazy. This guy is damn good. He is easily becoming a top 10 running back in this league. And he's explosive. He's absolutely explosive. And once he takes off, you can't catch him. It's like Tyreek Hill. Once he's gone, he's gone. So, yeah. Alvin Kamara, I think he just beat out Jared Goff this week. And Jared Goff had one hell of a week. Believe me, I would have picked Jared Goff number one any other week. But Alvin Kamara this week showed up. Showed up. All right, here we go. Next next segment here, the bad five. Number five, he didn't do that bad. I'm going to say he's a receiver, so this happens. But I wanted him to do more. Even against a good defense like the Giants, I wanted Michael Thomas to do more. Michael Thomas, he's number five here. Four receptions for 47 yards. I understand he's going against a great secondary. I understand it. But I wanted him to do a lot more. Like, I I wanted to see a, a touchdown. Even if he wasn't getting it done down the field, get it done in the red zone or something. You know, he wasn't doing that. Thankfully, they had Kamara, who broke out this week again. Um, but, you know, Michael Thomas, in these big games, he's got to do more than 47 yards. Especially being what, especially being as dangerous as Michael Thomas is, he has to be doing more than that. But, you know, by no means is this saying that he's a bad player or anything. It's just, I don't, I think he should have done better this week. That's why he's number five here and he's not any other number. He should have done better and he didn't. And and that's why I, I think Dak kept this game close. I think you get Michael Thomas going, 
I think that's a difference between blowing a team out and barely scraping away a win. All right, so that, that's why he's my number five there. Four receptions, 47 yards for Michael Thomas, number five. Number four, and he should be number two, but I'm not putting him there, and that is Big Ben Roethlisberger. 57.4% completion percentage, uh, 274 yards, one touchdown, one interception against Baltimore in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. And this scares me. This scares me because Big Ben doesn't do well against the Ravens. He doesn't. But the thing is, when they're at home, he does well. For some reason, this week, he's done bad. Now, I'm not going to say that the Ravens aren't good. They are. But not a lot has changed since last year in this Ravens defense. Not a lot. Not a lot in this offense has changed to the Steelers. And this is like what I said a couple weeks ago. Later down the stretch, not having Le'Veon Bell is going to start to hurt the Steelers. Because Le'Veon Bell wasn't just a rusher. He was a receiving guy as well. He was a guy that could make a play happen out of nothing. And on Sunday night, there were a lot of nothings. And they didn't have a playmaker to do it. Okay, you could give it to Antonio Brown or Juju Smith. How much are they going to do against the zone defense? They'll get 10 yards. They'll get 5 yards. That's what zone defense does. Rents the big bomb. And that's exactly what Le'Veon Bell does. Le'Veon, Le'Veon makes the big bomb. Le'Veon does it all. And not having them, and, and everyone hopped on this James Conner hype train. And I, I think James Conner's good. But he will never, and I, I'm saying this right now, he will never be the equivalent or the solution to losing Le'Veon Bell. No one will be the solution to losing Le'Veon Bell. Unless they pick up Ezekiel Elliott or Todd Gurley, there's no, and I mean this, there is no exception to Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is the best god god darn running back in this league he is the most explosive running back in this league he is the smartest running back in this league he is the most powerful running back in this league and I don't care how bad your O-line is Le'Veon Bell will get something going and the thing is the Steelers had nothing going on offense and they needed a guy like Le'Veon Bell. So anyway, getting back into this. So Le'Veon Bell missing, what that means? Okay, well, James Conner's going to have to pick up a little bit of slack, right? Here's the thing. Ravens eat up young players. That's what they do. It's John Harbaugh's defense. They, they eat up young players. They put pressure on quarterbacks. That's why they've been able to beat Tom Brady. That's why they've been able to compete with Bill Belichick in Foxborough. That's why they've been able to do these things. They pressure and they provide really deep, um, smart coverages at the right times. But they also, they, they exploit the rookies. So they make the rookies be the open one. So the quarterback has to throw the ball to this rookie or this younger guy. And the younger guy is so... He, He's going to do exactly what he's done the past couple weeks. But the thing is, the Ravens' defense is so much more complex than a lot of other teams. So when 
let's just say receiver, right? Let's just say, you know, let, let, let's just say um, Calvin Ridley, for instance, right? So what the Ravens are going to do is the Ravens are going to lock up Julio Jones. That's going to be their thing. They're going to lock him up. Then they're going to lock up these running backs. They're going to lock up these tight ends, and they're going to leave Calvin Ridley to do Calvin Ridley. Now, here's what's going to happen. Calvin Ridley is a, a better wide receiver in this league, and he's going to be very good. But the thing is, he's going to get open. He's going to get receptions. He's going to get the ball a lot. Now, the thing is, right when he gets it, he's going to be popped. That's what the Ravens do. A lot of team, a lot of people call him dirty. I call him dirty. But that's how they play. They play hard. And the thing is, Julio, if you throw that ball to Julio Jones, a veteran like that, or, or even one of your running backs, they're going to catch that ball because they've taken worse hits. A guy like Calvin Ridley, a mediocre hit in the NFL, is going to hurt him like a real hit in the NFL. So right when he gets popped, that ball is coming out. And that's exactly what the Ravens do. And here's the thing. Big Ben, so what they did was they shut off Antonio Brown as best as they could, and they shut off Juju Smith as best as they could. And what that opened up was, well, who's next? Who's next? And the thing was, they let James Conner run a little bit. Now, the thing is here, their defense, their pass rush is so, so good, and their run stop is so, so good. But you look at this game. Go back and look at the game. James Conner had holes, man. He had holes to break through, and for some reason, he couldn't do it. For some reason he couldn't do it so what that means so now you lost the run game now you've lost your receivers are now now you gotta throw 50 50 balls to your receivers and you have one of the best receivers in the league which is in your favor but now big ben so now big ben is forced to throw the ball a lot more big ben's got to find opportunities he's got to create opportunities himself now being a veteran quarterback in this league a potential hall of fame quarterback as well you should be able to step up you should be able to make these 50-50 plays. You should be able to make plays out of nothing. That's what the best in the league do. Big Ben, in my opinion, is one of the best in this league. But for some reason, I'm not going to lie, I think age is starting to hit him. I think age is starting to hit him. I think this Steelers team is starting to spiral downward. And I think everything in the Steelers is just starting to become a mess. You couldn't really tell how bad the Steelers defense was last year. A, because their pass rush was very good. And B, because their offense was so explosive. They would always win games by 10 or more. Now we're starting to see where these games are really close. And the Steelers' defense is just getting exposed so much and exploited so bad. And the thing is, the pass rush can't get in. So what that means is more time for the quarterback. The secondary is already weak as it is. The linebacking core is, is injured without Shazier. So they're still not 100%. The secondary has always been weak. And now these teams are just slinging the ball around. And the Steelers don't know what to do to stop them. So that's falling down. And now we've always looked at the Steelers as being one of the best offenses in the league. You take away the best running back in the game. You put in some little inner emotions going on. I don't care what team you are. You're not going to see results. And I'm also thinking Big Ben is starting to age. So that's my opinion on the Steelers, really. But that's why Big Ben's doing bad. But I also think it's age. I, I think Big Ben's starting to grow a little bit old, and I think his offense isn't producing anymore. Number three here, Sam Darnold, 50% completion percentage, uh, 164 yards. One touchdown, though. No interceptions. I will say that. That was pretty good against Jacksonville's defense. Now, this wasn't bad. 
It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. He was hit a lot. Um, go back and look at the game. A lot of dumb throws. A lot of dumb throws. But I will say he's a rookie, so this does happen. But I put him here in the bad in the bad five, and I put him at three. because I, And I don't think it's Darnold's fault. I really don't. Like I said last week, when you're having head coaching questions this early in the season, you know, like, what are the Jets doing? got a rookie quarterback in there you know I don't care I don't care who the coach is you know when you're a quarterback and you you're switching every coach is a different offense every coach does when you're switching coaches and we're talking about switching coaches it I don't care who you are I don't care if you're Tom Brady it's gonna play an impact on you you're gonna start thinking about well what if I lose Todd Bolt what if I lose this because head coaches in all honesty look at you go go watch hard knocks Hugh Jackson and Baker Mayfield. Hugh Jackson is babying Baker Mayfield. Why? Because Hugh Jackson wants Baker to be good. And because Hugh Jackson's making Baker play in his scheme. That's how it is. But it's kind of like a parent raising the kid. Hugh Jackson's raising Baker Mayfield up. You know? And that that's how it's that's how it's been. You know, Joe Joe Flacco was raised up by John Harbaugh. Mike Tomlin helped raise up, you know, Big Ben. All these things. Um are playing out, and the thing is, when you don't have anyone really raising you up, I, I think it, it, I think it plays onto the field. And I, I think Darnold actually, you know, in my opinion, I, I don't think Darnold's bad at all. I don't think he's great, but the thing is, I, I think he could be good, and I, I think these off the field distractions, like in the locker room, are starting to play onto this team right now. Again, he did play Jacksonville, I'll give him that, but he, he threw a touchdown and no interceptions. You know, so I, 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 I just think Sam Darnold, it's not his fault. But the thing is, I, I think Darnold has to just play Darnold. Because I don't, I don't think he's fully doing that right now. And I think the Jets need to help him, help him out. I really do. I think the Jets need to help him out. Or he's going to become the next Mark Sanchez, like I've been saying. Um, and I don't want to see that. But I, I just think that's going to happen. Because he's too young anyway. He's too young. So now you're already you're creating problems. It's like it's like giving a 12 year old weed. You know, don't give him it. Don't give him it. Number two here, Ryan Fitz, magic. 126 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception against Dell Bears defense, and he also got benched. Fitz magic hype train is done. Dunzo, 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 Dunzo. I called it a while ago. I got bashed. Everyone's saying, oh, he's, he's still good. He's going to be great. Look at him now. James Winston's starting this week. So that's as much as I got to say about that. And my number one bat for this week was the Steelers team as a whole. And like I said with the Big Ben thing, I think I talked for maybe five, ten minutes about that. Um, that's the reason. That's 100% the reason. All right, so let's get in here. The up five teams of this week. Uh, number five, the Houston Texans. Big win against division rival. They are now 1-3. and three. They got the ball rolling a little bit. Sloppy win, but they got a win. So now they get the balls rolling. So I'll give them that. Next team here, New England Patriots. 2-2. Two and two. Great, great win on Sunday against Miami. They stopped Ryan Tannehill. They stopped the offense. And their offense got going. And now, here's what's happening. They're coming off a win. They're coming off an explosive win where almost everything worked. And now they're getting Julian Edelman back. Hooray! 
Patriots go three and two this week. I'm telling you, they beat the Colts. Next game here. Next team here. Um, number three, the Rams. Four and zero. Really, really darn good. This team is fourteen and two, without a doubt. I put them at three here because I think the other two are slightly uh, had slightly more. I, I, I would say I counted them out, or a lot of people counted them out. So Yeah, but the Rams, I, they're a 14-2 team, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So nothing new there. I, th- I think it's the same thing. Number two here, the Chicago Bears. Bear down, Chicago Bears. I'm saying it. The Bears, I said they were a 10-6 team. I said it, I said it, I said it. And they might even be an 11-5 team or a 12-4 team, in all honesty. Because this division that's going on right now is, is just a mess. Um, but they're stepping up. They're, they're playing good against teams that they should play good against they're playing competitively against teams they're playing they should play competitively against they're filling the script they're following the script i like it the bears look good number one here for this week for the up five the kansas city chiefs they are four and oh without a defense and with a second year quarterback who is looking like aaron Rodgers. doesn't get any better than that they're winning the offensive shootouts Chiefs, they need to keep it up because this could be a playoff team. They're not going to go far, but this could be a playoff team. The down five of this week. Number five, the Saints. They're three and one. Here's the reason why I have them on the down. They have too good of a defense to continue to play these offensive shootouts. Too good of a defense. You know, we saw that this week. But still, they're letting up big points. You got Cameron Jordan up there. There's no reason why Saquon Barkley should be doing this good against you. I don't care what... The Giants' O-line is disgusting. It makes me want to throw up. The Giants' quarterback situation makes me want to throw up. The only good thing for the Giants is Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and Saquon Barkley, and their defense. There's no reason why Saquon Barkley is allowed to run wild. And I, I think of a rookie running... I don't care how good he is... If a rookie running back is running wild on you and you've got a bunch of veterans, what do you think is going to happen when they start playing in the playoffs? What's going to And that's a long time away from now, and I'm just saying that. But what's going to start to happen? That's why they're on my down five. I think they need to revamp some things. Their offense looks great, though, but the defense is just pitiful right now. And I think they need to get going. I really do. Number four here, in the Minnesota Vikings. One, two, and one. And I'm not, I'm not going to say they're bad. They're not at all. They're not at all. They're just in a bad stretch. They're in the hardest stretch of their season. But the thing is, they got to start winning. Because eventually, they already have two losses. Basically, they have three losses. So the, the best they can do is basically the equivalent of 12 and 3, which would be, um, which would be like 12 and 4. And, and I, I think they got to start winning. They can't afford to lose any more games. Because the more games they lose, the more they're going to drop in the wild card. So I, I and this team is definitely a first-round buy team. And for some reason, I understand they're playing tough tough games, but they got to start going. They have to start going. So that's why they're there. Number three here, the Bucks. Like I said, the Bucks might be one of the worst teams in the NFL, and we're about to see it happen. Jameis Winston is coming in, the savior, right? No, Jameis Winston is going to bring you a 2-14 and season. That is what I'm going to say. The quarterback play looks horrible. The running backs look horrible. The receivers, besides Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, look horrible. The tight end core 
is okay, but for some reason they're still not going. The defense is the defensive front is the only thing going for them, and Levante David. Vernon Hargreaves isn't bad, but the secondary is god-awful. The linebackers are eh, besides David and Quan Alexander. The D-line's the only good thing. And I think we're starting to see the real Bucks play. And they got destroyed, absolutely obliterated by the Bears. And the Bears aren't bad, but that should not have been an obliteration. So I, I think what Dirk said, everyone should be fired. I absolutely believe that. I think you should trade your quarterback away because he's horrible. And yeah, I think you should rebuild. I think you should take Rashawn Gary in this year's draft or Nick Bosa and uh, begin the rebuild because the Buccaneers are about to spiral downward from here on out. Number two here, the Atlanta Falcons, one and three, not looking good. I will say this, they did have a lot of injuries, but maybe this is the reason why they're going one and three. Maybe, maybe, I don't know what it is, but I just know, just like the Vikings, the Falcons have the potential to be a wild card team, so they have to start getting good going. Because right now, the best they can finish is 13-3, and three, which is really darn good. But still, you don't ever want to start 1-3. and 2-2 two and two is fine, 1-3, and three, no. That's just bad. And number one down for this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers, 1-2-1. and one. As I said before, the Steelers look horrible, um, and all these problems are just starting to hit them, so... That is all for that segment here. We're going to get into the final segment, which is the stories of this week. Le'Veon Bell. Let's get into the first one here. Le'Veon Bell is scheduled to come back in the, in the Steelers bye week, which is week seven. Um, he'll be back in the building. Now, my opinion on this, I think he plays the rest of the year as a Steeler. Um, this is very good for fantasy owners. If you have Le'Veon Bell on your team and you want to trade him, it can finally happen. Because now you know when he's coming back, or you can just keep him, whatever you want to do. Um, but hey, that's what happens. Le'Veon Bell coming back week seven. I'm excited. He'll get the Steelers to eight and eight, and then he'll go to a big market team like the Jets or something, and he'll just he'll be he'll be mediocre for the rest of his life in that team. But he will be he will still be the best running back. I did I, actually let me just rephrase that whole thing. He will be the best running back and a mediocre team. So that's the equivalent of having the best house in the poorest neighborhood. So, you know, you do you, Le'Veon. You do you. Number two here, Baker Mayfield. Now, I wanted to talk about this because this was a good game. This, the, you know, the Oakland versus the Browns here. Let's talk about this for a second. Oakland versus the Browns. Number one, Oakland is by far the worst damn team in this league. By far. Because even when things are going their way, they still can't manage to blow a team out. Like, they still find a way to mess it up. And what scares me is when your 30-year-old running back is the best damn thing in your offense, it's something. It's something. That's, that's just what I'm going to say. Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a hundred, quote-unquote, $100 million quarterback, is throwing passes that is the equivalent of what Sam Darnold is throwing right now. Josh Allen is throwing better passes than Derek Carr. Go look at the games. Derek Carr, the one ball, Derek Carr hikes it. He sails this thing into the middle of nowhere and it just gets picked off. I've Josh Allen has 
has probably a half a second to throw it, get the ball off. And Josh Allen's doing a better damn job at that. Josh Allen's doing a better job. Derek Carr is, is, is mediocre at best. The wide receiving core is horrible. Jared Cook is good. I'll give him that. The O-line is, is disgusting. And their coaching situation is awful. If I was John Gruden, John Gruden, I would not be saying a victory speech like that after the first win. I don't care, you know, if I, I don't I don't really care. You know, it's you could start saying those victory speeches at the end of the season when you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. But when you're when you are one and three, man, you bet I would be pissed off at these guys. Because you look around on paper, this is an eight and eight team. And unless John Gruden is, you know, listening to this podcast and, and believing in me that I think this team is overrated as shit, he has something else coming for him. Because this is horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And I, I just, it is 100% a mess with the dress. Um, but yeah, so anyway, my opinion on that Oakland game, I, I honestly thought it was the third best game this week. Um, because it was so back and forth and, um, instant classic went to overtime. Great. My overall opinion on it, the Raiders, like I, like I said, I knew this was going to happen. I, I wouldn't be, like I said last week, I wouldn't be surprised if the Oakland pulled this thing out. Um, and they did, they did. Oakland did not win it. They pulled it out. You know, if the Browns, the Browns would not have won it, the Browns would have pulled it out, you know, same thing. So one of these teams was going to pull it out and, um, it was the Raiders, um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I just think the Brown, the Browns are the youngest team in this league. In all honesty, the youngest team in this league. So they're gonna make young dumb plays. That's what, that's that's just what's gonna happen, you know. And and on defense, you know, they could be they could be the best damn defensive pass rush team ever, but they're still gonna make they're still gonna make errors, mental errors, because they're just so young. And and I think we start to see that the Raiders are a little bit older of a team, and and you're starting to see the Raiders. Just kind of use. They weren't beating them off skill. If you look at the, if you look at the skill comparison, the Browns are a lot better in skill wise. But it was just kind of that age factor. You know, the Raiders had been there before. The Raiders, the Raiders have done those things. The Browns, this was kind of learning as you were going, and that's not a bad thing at all because, you know, that next time this happens, they're gonna they're gonna adjust to it. But I I just think the Raiders just beat them because of experience more than anything. I I, I don't think. Uh, the Browns suck. I don't think that at all. Um, it, it, it was just, it was a close game, which if you're a Browns, you want that. That was good. Um, because you were so close to tasting victory again, but you couldn't get it done. Um, so I think that's going to make these guys a little more hungry, but there's also, it's an experience thing. So they, now they've been into overtimes. Now they've been into situations like this. They're just going to go forward from here on out. And I, I think that's totally fine with that so I if you haven't heard if you haven't understood the Browns were clearly the better team in this game now let's get into Baker Mayfield with this Baker Mayfield 51% completion percentage not not good 295 passing yards two touchdowns two interceptions now here's the thing I will say for some reason I don't know if you play Madden 18 do me a favor go play Madden 18 go play the Browns go start Baker Mayfield go play in a, play a game Throw the ball into a 50-50 coverage, right? Now, press A, which is basically you catch the ball every time, 
And I guarantee you this ball will fly out. Like, this ha- this happens. If you don't play Madden, I don't know what it is. But it only happens with Baker Mayfield. The ball will somehow get tipped. But it'll float right to a defender. This happens in Madden. It's literally... Madden is basically the equivalent of real life. Because look at how many times the ball comes through in the real life. Look at how many times the ball hits a receiver's hands and pops out, but it goes right to a defender. Both interceptions were like that. You know, both interceptions. And the thing is, I knew he was going to do this, you know. But the thing that I like is a 295 passer. He had 300 passing yards. Now, the thing is, there were signs, and this was, this wasn't good by him. This was okay. But the thing is, he... In times where he needed to keep them in it, he did. You know, and, and I will say that he did keep them in it. Um, there were big third down conversions. There were big plays. The thing that I didn't like, though, was he tried to do a little too much. There was times where he had a, a quick seven-yard gain was his um, underneath route. But he was trying to force this thing over the middle to win this game. And the thing is, you got it. And that's kind of coming from college to the NFL, you know, like, you look at him back at Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl, he was listening to Lincoln Riley, and Oklahoma could have easily won that game, the thing is, Oklahoma was playing, I don't, I, they were playing safe, so they would rather take that dump off route than throw it down the field, and this is the first time that Baker was really allowed, hey, slingshot this thing around, and they were like, oh, and Baker was like, okay, so then, Baker has been throwing that flat his whole life. So instead of throwing that flat, he was like, maybe I can make a play down the field. And it just wasn't happening. And it's not going to happen like that. You got In the NFL, you got to throw the open guy. Throw the open guy, no matter what it is. Even if you got Odell Beckham running one-on-one down the field, throw to the open guy. Just That's just how it is. So there were, he was trying to do too much. That's where I think he was doing wrong. But there were signs on these third down plays that he looked good. If you haven't, if you're just looking at the stats, I, I'm encouraging you go watch the highlights from the Raiders game, the Raiders Browns game, because number one, it was a very good game. Number two, you'll understand what I'm talking about with the Raiders barely winning this thing and Derek Carr being a horrible quarterback. And number three, you'll start to see Baker Mayfield. And there were also a lot of dropped passes. Too many dropped passes. There were huge plays. I remember the one play. Antonio Callaway, who's wide open, drops the ball. That's a good 20-yard gain. Dropped the ball. So I, I just I, I think Baker, he didn't do bad. He didn't he didn't lose the starting spot by any means. He kept them in this game. He did he did what I expected. And you know but knowing Baker Mayfield, I know he's just going to get angry at himself and he's going to come back and play harder next week. He has so many... Tra- that That's the trait that I love about Baker Mayfield. It's that Tom Brady-esque thing. And, and I know this is crazy. But Tom Brady, if you look at Tom Brady, look at him last week. He was so mad, so mad that they lost. Thing is, he comes back this week, he is borderline perfect this week in, in against Miami. That's what Tom Brady does. And that's what good quarterbacks do. That's what great quarterbacks do. And Baker Mayfield has that. Baker Mayfield's been doing that since college, man. So I, I, I think that's only going to keep going. And I, I really like Baker. And I, I, I think this was a, 
an okay game for him, but I think he's going to go forward from here on out. Number three here in the final segment, Ryan Fitzpatrick is sitting now. Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback. And down go the Bucks. The Buccaneers will start to spiral down. Um, I think they'll win three more games, three to four more games, but... Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably done for the year. James Winston, no matter how bad he does, he's still going to be the starting quarterback because they drafted him. Everything like that. So if you're a Buccaneers fan, prepare for the downfall. If you're a Ryan Fitzpatrick fan, prepare for the downfall. If you're any type of player on the Buccaneers fan, prepare for the downfall. That has been all, you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm your host, Brendan Brown. I appreciate every single one of you. I see all you guys applauding. I see all you guys listening. So thank you. Please continue to to show the love. These are getting harder and harder as we're going on. I will say that. So the upload times are going to flip around here and there. But I do thank you guys so much. You guys have helped me to continue to do this. Something that I love. I love doing this stuff. I love analysis and stuff stuff like that hey maybe one day we'll make it on nfl and i will show shannon sharp and all of them what is up so thank you guys for tuning in continue to show the love i'll see you guys in the next one it's been your boy brendan brown at the goal line thank you guys for tuning in see you in the next one